Welcome to Lean Leadership for Ops Managers, the podcast for leaders in ops management who want to spark improvement, foster engagement, and boost problem solving, and still get their day job done. Here's your host, leadership trainer, lean enthusiast, and spy thriller junkie, Jamie V. Parker. Okay, are you ready to groan and roll your eyes? Don't lie. I know some of you are getting ready to do it. Why? Because I'm talking about one-on-ones. I was so stoked when my conversation with Dorsey turned to one-on-ones. Yes, now we're talking. Every leader should be doing these. I'm passionate about them. I kind of consider these a non-negotiable, right? Like this is something you've got to do as a leader. But Typically, when I'm talking with operations executives and managers about doing one-on-ones, I get responses like these. Oh, you know, I talk to my direct reports all the time. I mean, we talk multiple times a day. So that's like, that's really our one-on-ones. We don't need extra. Or, you know, I do them when I can. We're just so busy. I can't really schedule them. So, you know, just when I have some free time, then I grab one of the managers on my team and we do that one-on-one. Or... You know, I used to schedule them, but we just had to cancel them all the time. Like we're just, we're just so busy and they just kind of fell to the wayside. Or sometimes I even get responses like these. I used to do them. They just didn't seem valuable enough to keep scheduling that much time off my calendar. Too much time spent, not enough value. Or, you know, my boss does them with me, or my last boss did them with me, and I just never really got any value out of them, so I don't want to do that to the people on my team. Or, you know, I do them because I'm supposed to. I just don't know that they really add a lot of value. I think that they could be done better. Does any of this sound familiar? You know, a while back, I was working with a client organization, right, a manufacturing company, and I was working with their mid to senior level operations managers. So the COO, the VP of manufacturing, and the operations managers who led the production lines. And we were doing skill development on listening. And one of the things we uncovered through this process is that none of them were were consistently doing one-on-ones. Now, the COO was really interesting because uh, he was ta- he was open to trying them, but he was suspicious. He had been leaning for 30 plus years, never really had this need or draw to do these. He had good relationships. He gave feedback. This is a leader that I greatly admire, and he just never really saw value in the one-on-one activity that I'm going to talk about today. Now, he didn't like push back aggressively in the meeting. Of course, he was a leader, so he led by example. He didn't want his team to see that. He was definitely suspicious about, why do I actually need to do this? This seems like a lot of time I'm about to dedicate. How is this going to help? Well, fast forward 12 months later, he's been doing them monthly since then. For 12 months, he's had monthly scheduled one-on-ones with each of his direct reports. And now he swears by them. The one-on-ones really enable him to step up his leadership game and develop and challenge and nurture his direct reports in ways that just didn't happen before. So he went from suspicious before, like, I've been doing this 30 plus years, I've never really done that, I just not, I'm not sure there's enough value there, to I'll never lead a different way again. Like, these will always be part of his leadership from here on out. Remember, business is personal, and leadership is a relationship. 
And so with all of this, I'm going to ask you for a favor. Regardless of what your personal experiences have been, regardless what your beliefs are about one-on-ones, I want you to listen to this episode with an open mind and allow for other possibilities. All right, let's dive in to one-on-ones. And I want to start with, you know, what are one-on-ones really? Like when, when I'm talking about them, the way I'm talking about them, what do I mean? Well, one-on-ones are private, meaning, you know, they don't have to be in a closed door office or conference room. If you have access to something like that, that's definitely better because we want to create a safe environment for conversations. And so a private space is better. If you can't, if you don't have an office or a conference room that has like a door on it, that's okay. Just find somewhere that's quiet and out of the way that's not really likely to have people walking back and forth. Find a place that you can try and make relatively private, okay? Now, one-on-ones are also scheduled, So none of this drive-by business, (laughs) right? They're scheduled and they're scheduled in advance notice that the team members know about, right? Sometimes I um, will talk to managers and I'll say, hey, when are your one-on-ones? And, you know, kind of go through it. And the manager has it on their schedule, but but the direct reports don't know when they are. And usually that's because the manager isn't confident they're gonna that they're gonna keep that schedule. So they put it on their schedule, you know, kind of like I put waking up at 5 a.m. on my schedule. <laughs> I'm not really confident that's gonna happen. So I'm not actually scheduling anything with any other people at that time. So that's not what we're talking about. Your direct reports should know in advance exactly when those are gonna be, what day and what time. And they need to be consistent. So you want to have them on a frequency, on a routine. Now, one-on-ones are rarely canceled and only occasionally rescheduled. You have to protect your one-on-one time. Now, of course, people go on vacation, and I would encourage you to look first, can you reschedule it? Instead of just saying, oh, we're going to skip your one-on-one this week, can you possibly reschedule it? Reschedule first cancel as a last resort. What you want to also have is kind of a loose agenda. And I do mean loose because remember, leadership is a relationship. So we're not going to go into a very strict, you know, agenda, item, item, item. But you want to have some expectations built in. And your direct reports should understand the basics of what to expect. This shouldn't be a surprise for them. It also needs to be something that, you know, hey, you both have a good feel for. There's room for improvement. There's room for iteration. There's room for the things that come up. But with a loose agenda, with you both having a a general idea, you can be more productive. You don't come to this meeting and go, oh, cool. What are we talking about? I don't know. You don't know. I don't know either. I guess we'll just kind of wing it. So we want to have some basic expectations, a general gist or a loose agenda. In these one-on-ones, you, the leader, are mostly listening. Yes, you're going to give some feedback. Yes, you're going to ask some questions. Most of the time, though, you're listening. The number one thing I want you to keep in mind is that one-on-ones are primarily to help the, the direct report, the person on your team. So this isn't a one-on-one for your benefit. This is a one-on-one for their benefit, okay? And we'll come to that and talk about, well, what does that really mean? 
So that's what I mean when I'm talking about one-on-ones. Now notice what I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about the drive-bys. This is probably the most common feedback I get from managers and executives about one-on-ones and like why they don't do them is, well, I just talk to them all the time. I call them all the time. Or I, you know, I, I go by their desk all the time or I go by the line all the time. We have conversations. We're in meetings. I mean, we're in meetings every day in group meetings and, you know, we talk in the hallways, right? Those are drive-bys. That is very different from a planned, scheduled, private one-on-one time where they know what to expect. The same for the last minutes. Oh, well, when I have on time on my schedule, then I go grab them. I've had managers say that and executives say that. Well, when I, when, you know, time frees up, then I go and grab a manager or grab a supervisor on my team. And that's when we have it. That's that last minute. It's not the same. You're not going to get the same benefits and outcomes from that compared to the scheduled, the in advance. We have a general expectation. Somebody can prepare for it. They understand what to expect. They're not thrown off guard. They're not questioning the agenda. They're not um, you know, thinking about all the other stuff that they have going on that they just got pulled away from. One-on-ones are not one of the first things canceled. We see this a lot because... Um, We think that it's kind of this extra thing. And so when we start needing to find time, these will be some of the things that we pull off first. No, when we commit, we commit to one-on-ones. They are also not project management or task tracking meetings. So this is not where you're going to kind of come in, sit down and say, okay, where are you on this project? And give me an update here. And what's going on here? And what's the status here? This is not like a checklist. This is not a status update. It's not a task tracking meeting where you're just getting all of the updates from them and they're just feeding you all the information so that you're on the same page. It's also not an info dump where you're just dumping the information on them. Where you're just dumping, oh, here's the HR update and I want you to know about this um, you know, COVID policy and I want you to know, here's this, oh, and I have a message for you, right? We're not doing the info dump either way. I'm not dumping info on them and I'm not just collecting status updates, okay? That's not what we're talking about. Now, before I dig into a little bit more about what we really are talking about and how it comes to life, what it sounds like, what is a loose agenda, I do want to answer a couple of the most common logistics tactical questions I get first. That way you can let that out of your brain, you can let it go, and then focus on what what I'm going to talk about next. The most common tactical questions I get is how frequently do I really have to do these And how long do they have to be? And it depends. If you're not sure, I would say more frequent is better. So weekly or biweekly is typically where you want to be. For executives, um, you might find that that monthly one-on-ones work um, or maybe biweekly. So you might be able to go to monthly. It just depends on on what's happening with how you lead your team and the um, performance and strategy meetings that are happening outside of the one-on-ones. So, you know, could be typically, you know, if you're not sure, you can start with biweekly or you could start with weekly and then, you know, go go to biweekly if you don't need them quite that frequent. I would say err on the side of too frequent rather than not frequently enough. But there's a caveat. 
If doing them weekly or doing them biweekly is a barrier for you to get them done, if that's what's holding you back from following through because you don't have the discipline um, or the schedule control yet, then I would say start monthly. Get consistent, get the discipline, build the discipline of doing them monthly, and then add a second one on per month. And then if you need to, you can go to weekly. Don't let the frequency be an excuse for not doing. Okay. Now, next question, how long should you schedule them for? (laughs) Well, listen, just in general, I try not to schedule meetings on the 30 minute or 60 minute mark, right? Because you always need you need minute, you know, some minutes to transition between meetings to refresh your notes to walk from one side of the building to the next or yeah, heaven forbid, take a restroom break. So you're going to hear me use numbers like 25 minutes or 55 minutes or 85. The reason is because of that. I want you to leave a break in there. Now for one-on-ones, you're probably going to be somewhere between 25 and 55 minutes most of the time, um, possibly an 85 minute in certain situations. So for example, with that exec- if it's an executive doing a monthly one-on-one with their direct report, they might do a an 85 minute once a month. Um, I don't think you can really do it in less than 25 and achieve the relationship building and the leadership development, the people development that I would want you to achieve in less than 25 minutes. Um, so, so probably somewhere in the you know minimum 25 minutes. Most of the time, 55 minutes is going to be plenty. Um, The more frequently you do them, the shorter they can be. So you might do weekly one-on-ones that are 25 minutes. Or if you're doing bi-weekly, you might do a 45 or 50 or 55 minute. Um, If you're doing monthly, maybe it's the 55 or 75 or 85 minutes. You know, so, so the more frequently you do them, then you probably can reduce the duration a little bit. If you don't know start with bi-weekly at 45 minutes, right? Every other week for 45 minutes and then adjust up or down after a few months worth of, of learning. And remember, if you finish early, you finish early. You don't have to keep someone there just because the time is scheduled. Now with that tactical stuff out of the way, here's what I want you to know. One-on-ones enable you to do three things. Number one, build relationships. Number two, support, performance, and improvement. And number three, develop people. So we need to schedule and facilitate one-on-ones in a way that yields those results. Building relationships, supporting performance and improvement, and developing people. Now, here's the loose agenda that I found works best after, I I don't know how many, more than a decade, right? 15 years or so of doing these. Um, So it's a four-part agenda, loose agenda. Number one, it's their time, whatever they want to talk about. Number two is performance and improvement. Number three is development, right? Their development. And number four, our next steps. And number four is usually really quick. So let's go through each of those in a little bit more detail. So number one, their time, whatever they want to talk about. Now, I learned that back in, I don't know, I want to say maybe 2006. 
um, from Manager Tools. And they have their whole like one-on-one suggestions and recommendation for the agenda and how to start and what, you know, like the note the form you take notes on, all that stuff. And I don't subscribe, like I don't do them the same way that they teach. Um, I have just found my own way that I think works best. This though is something that they that I learned from them back in about 2006 that I have continued to keep and I think it's really effective. Because the first part is their time, whatever they want to talk about. And I really mean it. It's whatever they want to talk about. If they want to talk about a problem they're having with one of their team members, cool, that's what we're talking about. If they want to talk about how they're feeling really frustrated and um, maybe angry and upset about something, cool, that's what we're talking about. If they want to talk about um, how, you know, their kid, like, hit a home run at their little league game over the weekend, then that's what we're talking about. This is their time. And you have to make sure you tell them that in advance. And so I'll typically say, you know, the first X number of minutes is yours. If I'm doing a 25 minute one-on-one every week, then maybe it's the first 10 minutes. The first 10 minutes is yours. Anything you want to bring to the table, anything you want to talk about. Um, if I'm doing a 55 minute biweekly, I might say the first 20 minutes, the first 20 minutes is anything you want to talk about. All right. So it's their time. Now, keep in mind, this is their time and you need to listen. You don't necessarily need to solve. So this kind of goes back to some of the stuff Dorsey brought up about like, oh my goodness, I'm kind of afraid I'm going to end up being a therapist because they might talk to me about how they're, you know, getting a divorce or whatever, Right. You can listen and you can you can have empathy and you can connect and you can build relationship by listening. You don't necessarily have to solve it or take it on, right? This is not your, you're not the problem solver here. You're, you're the partner where you're listening, you're building relationship. And you're going to find that some people love to talk about their family and some people are like, no, nah, I just want to talk about business. Let's just keep it in the four walls. That's cool, right? That's that's their ability to choose how much they want to share and how much they don't. Okay, so that's number one. Number two is performance and improvement. And so this is going to depend on, you know, what's the role, right? So if I'm a COO and I've got, you know, maybe a VP of uh, manufacturing, and then I have maybe a VP of um, procurement or, you know, or a director of procurement or whatever I might look like, right? So if I'm doing that, then I'm probably going to have a little bit of performance, maybe some of the performance metrics that we're looking at, um, maybe some of the trends that we're looking at. I might want to look at their leader standard work and ask, you know, what, what did you learn from that? Um, or it might be some of the improvement if they're working on improving, um, you know, a performance outcome or improving processes. Um, this is where we're going to talk about that. Now you got to remember, it's not like too much project managing or task tracky. (laughs) This is a real conversation. Um, but you may want to develop some routines, And those routines can change over time. Just because you start with a routine does not mean 12 months later, 24 months later, 36 months later, you still have the exact same routine because your priorities are going to change and what people are working on are going to change and the work processes and flow are going to change and your true north goals are going to change, right? So this will change over time, but it's helpful if you have some loose routines and you figure out, okay, so what are the key performance indicators that we do want to talk about? Keep in mind, it's, you know, again, 
one, you want to allow for conversation. So it's not a report out, right? I mean, you can read reports. You don't need someone to come into your office and read reports to you, right? It's really the dialogue around it. So think through what are those open-ended questions that you could ask that are really going to enable that dialogue? You know, the questions like, what did you learn, right? (laughs) Walk me through what you learned from this. Um, Is it just one example? Now, whatever that routine is, you know, the, the, your direct report should have an idea of this. They should know it shouldn't be a surprise because you're building the routine. And you might have to PDCA your way through the, the routine as well. So I'm, I'm actually doing this with a client right now where I'm working with a senior operations manager and we're working with him and one of his operations managers. I'm going to their weekly one-on-ones, mostly listening, and then working with them to help them make their one-on-ones more effective and develop some routines um, and move from uh, you know, kind of one-on-ones that are really more like updates, like let's go through a checklist to um, one-on-ones that really build that relationship and create an opportunity for the senior operations leader to develop the capabilities of that operations manager, which takes us to the development section. Number three, development. So this is what skill or competency or behavior are are they working on improving that will help them become a better leader? Or if you're you know managing individual contributors, help them become a better team member. I have another client that I'm working with. They're working on their people leadership. And so we'll we'll work on a skill or competency and they're going out and doing you know purposeful practice of those behaviors and they'll reflect on it during the week and then once a week I'll get with them and kind of go through what did you learn through your practice? What did you learn through reflection? How did you adjust? And you might be in a little bit of a teacher role here. You might be in a little bit of a mentor here where you're not just asking questions, but you might be telling, you might be giving some suggestions. Here's here's my recommendation for how you might handle that next time. In the performance improvement and the development section, this is typically where you may follow up from any next steps from previous, like whatever you talked about in the last one-on-one, like, hey, tell me how that went. Um, And then number four, your next steps, which is really where you're saying, hey, based on what we talked about today, what do you think are the best next steps for you to take? And just kind of getting some um, agreement on what, what happens next, right? Now, here's the thing you are not always going to get through all four of those. And that's okay. (laughs) You want to make sure there's time for next steps, but that can honestly, a lot of times that can really be done in two, three, maybe five minutes. Um, So, but you might, you might get through and say, Hey, it's a, maybe it's a biweekly 50 minute one-on-one and they get the first 20 minutes of it. And you, they're talking about something, you get into conversation or having dialogue. And next thing you know, 40 minutes have passed and you barely have time to get through the, just the core basics of performance. And then you do your next steps and that's the end of the one-on-one, right? That's all your time you have allocated. That is okay. Now, if you have week or or one-on-one session after session after session after session where they spend the whole time talking about their stuff, then, you know, there's probably something else going on. You're going to need to readjust, maybe reset some expectations, um, or you might need to do some more relationship building, right? It's, you're just going to have to gauge, you know, that's going to be a case by case what's going on. Okay. So this is the gist, This is a gist of what really one-on-ones really are and how they can be so helpful. So here's what we did. We talked about what one-on-ones are and aren't. 
we were reframing to understand that one-on-ones enable you to do three things, to build relationships, to support performance and improvement, and to develop people. And we learned this loose agenda that I've found works best, and that is, number one, their time, number two, performance or improvement, number three, development, their, like their own development, and number four, next steps. Here are your next steps, and I have two of them for you. The first one, as you can imagine, there's a lot more nuance to creating valuable one-on-ones, right? How do you get started? Um, Especially because at the beginning, they are a little bit different than, you know, once you get into a routine, you've been doing them for six months. So how do you get started? What happens when this kind of thing happens? What happens when they're quiet and they don't say anything? Um, What happens when they talk tons and they don't stop talking? Uh, You know, all of these different nuances. Um, What are the types of questions that that I ask? How do I build relationships and ask questions and get to know them um, without being prying into their life? And um, how do I, you know, have conversations that help to know them on an individual and also work on the business, right? Like all of this stuff. So if you are interested in in learning more about the specifics, how to get started, the nuances of doing them, how to improve them after you've been doing them for a while, then I want you to let me know. You can comment on the episode post, which is at processplusresults.com forward slash podcast, Or you can comment on um, any of my social media posts about this episode, or you can send me a LinkedIn message, or you can even send me a direct email at jamie at processplusresults.com. If this is a topic that listeners want more of, then I will deliver on it. I just need to know. So let me know if you want me to do more, if you want me to dig into the details and help you not just learn, right, help you move beyond this overview and really execute and integrate one-on-ones into your everyday, not in a way that they're just a checklist, right, or just checkboxing it, but in a way that it really adds value, okay? Now, that's your first next step. Your second next step is I want you to do a plus delta on your current state of one-on-ones, whether you're having them or not, even if you're not having them, even if you are, get a sheet of paper, a whiteboard, whatever you have, draw a line down the middle and reflect on the pluses, what's going well, and on the deltas could be better ifs. So do a plus delta on your current state of one-on-ones. Um, I'd love to hear what you come up with when you do this too. So definitely share that with me. All right, that's it for today. Remember, you can see like I told you I get so pumped up about this. I barely like scratched the surface. I'm like, oh my goodness, I could talk about this for hours. All right, so anyways, remember to get the show notes at processplusresults.com forward slash podcast and then find episode number 33. When you get there, you can also sign up to get access to some on-demand training and learning resources. So that's processplusresults.com forward slash podcast episode 33. And that's also where you can scroll down and comment if you want to hear more about this topic. Until next time.